Hi Krishna, you're listening to the Late Morning Program podcast with Namras. This is Namras, your host, uh, and this is the number one Hare Krishna podcast in the world. I'm so honored and grateful to have His Holiness B.V. Triparari Maharaj joining me here today. Thank you, Maharaj, for joining me. My pleasure. Thank you for inviting me. <laughs> so, so, Maharaj, uh, I, I just um, want everyone to kind of understand your story and uh, what you're about, your personality, and things like that. So let's start out by talking a little bit about uh, how you joined Krishna Consciousness. I know you're a disciple of Srila Prabhupada, thrice initiated by him. And uh, let's just talk a little bit about how you, you know, where you grew up and kind of how you got into contact with devotees. Well, we could go back a long ways. I think the story begins in Vaikuntha for all of us. Uh, perhaps <laughs> a little bit differently than some people think about it. Just as a philosophical kind of uh, jumping off point, it's mentioned in Chaitanya Charitamrita that Narayan in Vaikuntha is surrounded by muktas, liberated souls, and immersed in leelas with them and so forth. His life is complete, is the implication. But at the same time, he has a desire to bestow mukti. And there's no one there to bestow mukti on. Mm. Wow. So, so there's a corresponding world, if you will, manifest by Mahasankarshan, the expansion of Balaram, and Vaikuntha, who appears as Mahavishnu. And the one, Mahavishnu, becomes many. And the, the Narayan, in his various avatars, avatars, he crosses from, from up, avatara, crosses down himself, of course, in different ways, as Leela avatars, Yuga avatars, and so forth. And um, and thus the, the compassionate side, if you will, of God is, is manifest in relation to um, persons like myself, <laughs> all of us probably listening to this, this podcast, right? So um, just, as the, just as the world has no beginning, the jivas have no beginning, the glue to keep them together, karma has no beginning. But bhakti in the world has no beginning either. So there's the current of karma, there's a current of bhakti. And so, Brahmanda Brahmite Kona Bhagyavanji, Guru Krishna Prashade Pai Bhakti So the bhagya, I became lucky. And uh, the luck, Yadrichaya um, um, is another word that's used. Uh, for example, in relation to Sukadev, who appeared on the scene of Raj Pariksit's uh, uh, sitting on the bank of the Ganga and posing the, the important questions that he did. Yadrucha means that it means like causeless, so without any reason, without cause and effect, without the influence of karma. Some people are moving in this world, as Gita says, Daivim Prakritim. So diving practice under the influence of internal energy, the Sarup Shakti of Krishna. Some souls are moving and they're touching others, right? Mm -hmm. Yes. So they're not moving under the influence of karma. So this is how bhakti 
comes to all of us and uh, I'm not an exclusion there and uh, of course in the particulars of that um, I myself uh, as a young young man um, I think I first saw the devotees at the famous uh, Woodstock Festival in upstate, upstate New York in 1969 oh. wow. and uh, I joined uh, a little while after that I didn't have any conversations with them at the time but uh, I was interested in uh, meditation yoga and um, I um, actually left the United States and I went to uh, the Caribbean to, to, to Jamaica and I lived in the foothills of Jamaica I was the only white person there and I learned to terrace the uh, hillside and grow um, roots and, and, and whatnot and uh, and built a bamboo hut and uh, and I was there to meditate my life away but uh, <laughs> there were a lot of mosquitoes it was a problem for me and then uh, the rain rainy season came wiped out my hut so I gave it up and I came back to the United States and I hitchhiked to California where I had been living and um, uh, I guess prior to that, I had seen, a, I had gotten a pack of incense that on the back of which it said, chant this mantra and your life will be sublime. So that was my mantra, Hare Krishna mantra. I used to chant it and that was my mantra for meditating while I was in Jamaica. And, and as I came across the United States and hitchhiked, and when I arrived back in California in the Santa Cruz Mountains, I had, um, when I arrived, my friends were surprised to see me and they knew what I was about, and they said, for the most part, they said there happens to be a festival in Berkeley this weekend. The Krishnas are putting on, so we should go. So, and then we got in a Volkswagen van, and we, and we went to uh, San Francisco. Um, actually, the festival was in Berkeley, Volunteer Park, and they had a big murti of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, huge, like 10, 12, 15 feet tall. And the festival consisted just of chanting and there was some distribution of halava and um, there were a lot of carnations that the devotees had brought to decorate the deity and so forth and, and one of the carnations fell off onto the ground and I picked it up and Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's pose was, was like this one hand lost in Mahabhav, the other hand reaching out for uh, distribution, dissemination and I thought innocently um, that if I throw the flower to offer to him and lands in his hand, it will mean he accepts me. Hmm? Mm. And he caught it. So I thought, wonderful. And the devotees were so absorbed in their own uh, bliss that they didn't talk to me or you know, try to convert me or didn't have any strategy like that. Um, so I just went back to the Santa Cruz Mountains and I shaved my head and I had acquired a Krishna book and I used to give class from the Krishna book to my friends. I don't know what those classes were like in those days, but uh, that was my natural uh, tendency to express, you know, the enthusiasm that I had gained. And then some devotees from Los Angeles uh, came to Santa Cruz to open a preaching center and they heard about me up in the hills. So they came up to find me and um, the fellow that I was, uh, one of my roommates was a gay man who uh, was tall and had long black hair. Whenever the devotees would show up here and there, he would pull out his 
orange robe and put it on and go and dance around them. <laughs> so when he saw me with it, had shaved my head, he said, you need this more than I do. So he gave me the orange robes. So when the devotees came, they saw me there. I was with shaved head and orange robe and so forth. And they told me, you're doing it all wrong. You, you, you can't do it like that. I was married at the time. So I was, you know, you couldn't go back to God if you were wearing the wrong color. <laughs> I guess. So anyway, they told me that I had to follow them. I had no objection to that. So I, was right yeah. I wanted guidance and so forth. And so I moved in with them in their preaching center. And after a couple of months, Prabhupada came to Los Angeles. And so they took me there to be initiated by Prabhupada, myself and my wife. And my wife was pregnant. And um, I should say she was with me in, in Jamaica also. And so Prabhupada wanted, didn't want us to, to travel because she was too far along. So wanted us to stay in Los Angeles, which I did. And, and um, um, unfortunately, I, my wife did not remain in the mission. She you know, was distracted by, by the world. Um, and um, so I became uh, a monk, a renunciate, and shortly Thereafter, after a few years, uh, Prabhupada gave me sannyas. And there, there are not many sannyasis left who were kind of gave, given sannyas by Srila Prabhupada, right? There, you, there's you, yourself, and a few others. Uh, yeah, there's only a few. Prabhupada gave me sannyas in 1975 in Vrindavan at the time the Krishna Balaram temple opened. All right. Which was a very big event uh, for me because um, I knew it was so very, very important to Prabhupada. And I had a party of uh, devotees who were engaged in distributing books, and, and the money that we were raising from that was all going at that time to open the Krishna Balaram temple. Right. So when the temple opened, Prabhupada had our party and another party, which was a fundraising party organized by Guru Kripa and the Shodanandan Swamis. Um, those two parties contributed a greater balance of funds to build the Krishna Balaram temple. So Prabhupada carved on it, had it engraved on the marble in the temple there, the, the name of our party and 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 Guru Kripa and Right. Yeah. I don't know if it's, it's in the there. back of the temple room on the, yeah. on the left side, they're up on top. I, I've seen that before, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm not trying to toot my own horn or anything. Right, like right. It was very important to me because I knew how important it was to Prabhupada at the time. It wasn't entirely clear how important it was uh, internally to Prabhupada to open a temple with Krishna Balaram in the center and so forth. Um, mm. But it became more apparent uh, in, in time. But at the opening, um, then it was a very powerful uh, experience for me. And just a couple of days after the, the temple was opened, Prabhupada gave me sannyas. Right. Let's talk a little bit about um, book distribution because I know there's that famous letter where Prabhupada said to you, you are the incarnation of book distribution. So I don't know if many of our listeners know that, but there's a letter that where Prabhupada states that to uh, Maharaj. And so I kind of want to understand a little bit about um, in present day, I know, you know, the way book distribution is going and, and, and how it was in the past. How has your in relationship with book distribution kind of evolved? Just to jump kind of to that a little bit. Well, um, I took up the distribution of Prophet's books at a time when in Los Angeles there was a warehouse full of books and nobody knew what to do with them. Nobody really understood why so many, was, so many of them were being printed. 
Right, right. And there were devotees trying to distribute them, and, and, and they were successful to some extent and so forth. But um, there were a lot more books, let's say, in the warehouse than there were anywhere else, and they were piling up. Yeah. Um, I did not have any education past high school, and I never had a job. So I had no real honed skills or talents, so to speak. And, but I had, as I mentioned earlier, just a penchant to express my insights and, and realizations and share them uh, in the hope that they might grow. And so right. I used to go out by myself to Hollywood Boulevard and other places and, and sell the books. I didn't really understand at the time it was very, that it was important to Prabhupada or that, you know, yeah. that uh, it was something dear to him. But it did endear me uh, to him, and um, you know, I was uh, successful. I used to go and to the morning program, and then I would, afterwards, after breakfast, I would go and stand in front of the deities and chant japa until I became very inspired, and then I would pack up uh, some books and go out and distribute them. Wow. And, um, so <laughs> that's how I began. Uh, with uh, the book distribution. And then, of course, then um, Ramaswar was kind of an organizer, godbrother of mine and friend of mine. And so he kind of uh, organized my raw talent, kind of so, so to speak, if you will, and tried to showcase it and inspire others. And he was successful in that. And um, so the, the book distribution became a very prominent uh, feature of ISKCON. And I was very central to that. So Prabhupada, you know, said something uh, generous, uh, his generosity about me is the way, the way I look at that. But, um, I, you know, unfortunately or fortunately, the, the, the fact of the matter is that, that it evolved into kind of a, kind of a, I think overall fortunately, but uh, into kind of a spiritual terrorism that we were involved in mm. at the time. Uh, uh, Prabhupada felt that any publicity was good publicity. Uh, so just like a, a terrorist state, let's take Palestine, for example, Yasser Arafat began a terrorist campaign to get attention from the public to the plight of the Palestinians. Um, so he would do, perform some horrific you know, terrorist act, get attention, and then there was a chance to say a few words about the plight of Palestine, and he was successful. Right. Because eventually, um, from becoming a terrorist, he became um, representative in the UN for, for Palestine. So, you know, we went out, and somehow or other we sold the books, and probably even told us by hook or by crook to sell the book. There are probably right. better ways to do it. Um, um, but uh, somehow or other, we were successful, and um, and it's not that we didn't irritate some people at the time that yeah. we, were, we were doing it as well. Um, but Prabhupada always has encouraged us uh, to to continue. But I think to follow through on your question, the continuation should be ongoing, and times have changed. So. Um, uh, all publicity is no longer good publicity. <laughs> right. And so, um, uh, so I, I think that um, also the times have changed in ways that, uh, for example, in the 60s and the 70s, 
it was more common for people to be on the streets uh, to communicate ideas. There was no internet. And um, so I would think that um, being on the street in the way that we were on the street when I was young um, would not be probably as um, uh, would be would be a little more odd, perhaps, mm. in the eye of the public. I'm not right. sure because I, I, don't, I don't do that. I don't go out, I don't go out on the street and sell the books I've kind of evolved into into writing books. Right. Um, yeah, I'd like to touch on that. Um, it's important. A little later on the on the writing part. Uh, Regarding and now, now I want to kind of jump back to your journey in in ISKCON and kind of a little bit later on. So, for our listeners, what happened was that um, devotees, Srila Prabhupada's disciples, were introduced to Srila Prabhupada's godbrother, Srila Sridhar Bhakti Rakshak Sridhar Maharaj. Mm-hmm. So, if you could, if you could, Maharaj, talk about a little bit about him and and his relationship with Prabhupada as a, kind of an introduction. Yes, well, uh, Prabhupada was uh, very close with uh, Pujapachita Maharaj. I would say that he's the godbrother that Prabhupada was most, uh, most, was closest with. And um, uh, during the, the time that Bhaktisiddhanta Sarasati Thakur was, was present and, and um, leading his, his mission, Prabhupada and Sridhar Maharaj spent uh, time together and um, um, served, uh, although Pujapachitamarsh was a sannyasin and Prabhupada was a householder at that time. Um, but uh, after the uh, passing of Bhakti Siddhanta Sarasati Thakur, then uh, the, his disciples and his mission went through a period of trying to figure themselves out in terms of how to proceed in the absence of their great uh, leader, general, and so forth. and. Uh, the history of all of that is really impossible for us to sort out with any, mm. you know, degree of accuracy. We hear something here, or something there, um, and so forth. But but overall, uh, um, different devotees, I would say, disciples of Bhakti Siddhanta were tried their best to proceed with what knowledge they had and so on. And um, uh, during that early period, Prabhupada uh, was living in Calcutta and he had, I think, two flats and he gave one to Sridhar Marsh who, um, and hosted him there, for, I think for six years. Hmm? Wow. While Prabhupada wrote his Gita commentary, Pujapada Sridhar Marsh was writing his Gita commentary as well. Um, Prabhupada looked at Sridhar Marsh as somewhat of a mentor uh, he referred to him, really the first thing we heard about him was in a letter that he wrote to Achyutananda Maharaj, Prabhupada's disciple who was in India and felt uh, that since Prabhupada was in America for some time, he felt in the need of a of guidance and association. And Sri Maharaj Prabhupada wrote to him and said, you can take shelter and guidance from my um, godbrother, Bhakti Bharatya Sridhar Dev of Navadweep, uh, would speak of what you can learn from him. He's, I consider him my Siksha Guru. So wow. Prabhupada had a relationship with him and with where Sridhar had been a member of the Moth, took the sannyas from, from Bhakti Siddhanta Sarasvati Thakur. 
he was a teacher, you know, within the mission and so forth. Um, often after Saraswati Thakur gave classes, Pujapachita Maharaj would be approached by other disciples to ask what was he saying and you know, to further explain, elucidate on his, on his uh, lecture and so forth. Um, so Prabhupada once told Hamsaduda, his disciple, that everything I learned, I learned from Sridhar Maharaj. What he meant by that was that, that he didn't have a lot of direct association with Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur, and he told us right. that. He had a couple of instructions that he took really very seriously. Uh, even suggestions that he write in English, he took it like an order from Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati But as far as like living with Sridhar Maharaj and discussing philosophy, well, Sridhar Maharaj was somewhat of a mentor to Prabhupada, such that he referred to him as a Siksha Guru. And so um, um, he was a known you know, figure in ISKCON in that sense that Prabhupada mentioned him, Chutananda Maharsha had gone then and spent, you know, three, four, six months living there. Um, but Prabhupada's campaign was so uh, uh, exciting and uh, he was so prominent that on the one hand, and on the other hand, some of the godbrothers of Prabhupada were not um, inclined to assist him, and even some were antagonistic, and probably, you know, based on misinformation, misunderstanding, um, uh, I don't want to uh, you know, judge their, their motives, uh, how can I? But at any rate, they weren't some of them were antagonistic, it would appear, and uh, and, right. and but Chudermarsh was not. And for for example, Prabhupada struggled to get land in Mayapur, and Chudermarsh was the one who uh, assisted him in that um, yeah. at the time. Well, others were uh, probably concerned that Western people were going to come and pollute the Dom or something like that, perhaps. Um, so, on the one hand. Uh, Prabhupada was very prominent in our lives. There was no second person, really. And on the other hand, some of Prabhupada's godbrothers were antagonistic. And at a certain point, Prabhupada started to say things like, well, you know, we shouldn't associate with them. And earlier on, when I was in Los Angeles, uh, Prabhupada shipped uh, a, a bunch of, of books published by the Gaudiya Math. To Los Angeles, and I used to sell them at the book table on Sunday uh, oh, right. uh, Sunday program. Prabhupada didn't have, um, I don't think he had the he had the teachings of Lord Chaitanya, maybe the Nectar of Devotion, a couple mm -hmm. of small books, something like that. So we had all these little little books and from Gaudiya Math and translations uh, in English. Uh, I call it Benguish, kind of half English, half Bengali of Bhaktivinoda's <laughs> works and so forth. Right. So, uh, Prophet sent them for us to distribute. Um, later, you know, when he didn't get the kind of reception from his some of his godbrothers that he had expected, um, when he announced the mission is going on here, it's successful, uh, let's join together and so forth. I mean, they were entrenched for years and years in their own preaching efforts and so forth. I don't think they understood what was happening with Prophet very well. Right. Um, but at any rate, they, many of them, 
or some of them weren't helpful. And so at a certain point, he um, cautioned us. And um, so we didn't have any reason. Prabhupada was prominent. Some God brothers were, at least were, were not favorable. So we didn't have any reason to further pursue a statement of Prabhupada that Pujapadrita Marsh was his, was even his Sikshu guru. And it like didn't register with us. And right. Probably registered more with the Chitananda Maharaj who spent the time there and so forth. But that's how Pujapadrita Marsh was introduced to the society. And uh, mm. some of the devotees, uh, leading devotees in Iskand who served in Mayapur, knew Shigar Maharaj had occasion to go to him for certain certain things and so forth. So there was a, it was a, always a friendly relationship. I think uh, there was an article in Back to God had published The Descent of the Holy Name that was um, a recorded uh, transcription of the of Peter Marsh answering questions from wow. um, one of the editors in, in Back to Godhead. Um, Prabhupada also published in Back to Godhead some articles of Dr. Kapoor, uh, Keshava Das, or another one of his his, his, his god brothers. Um, but again, the mission was very powerful and very exciting and and um, they were interesting figures and they were very good articles. They were very well, well received articles, but they they weren't um, um, persons to you know that we felt compelled to or any reason to, to go to necessarily. Mm. But with the passing of Prabhupada, things changed considerably. And just prior to his passing, I was within the Vrindavan and my god brother Tamal Krishnamarsh asked him that if he should pass away, how will we, you know, perform the, the funeral rites? We don't know about that. And he said, for that you can ask uh, Narayan Marsh in um, Mathura. And I was massaging Prabhupada's feet at the time. And Tamal Krishnamarsh asked a question that I wouldn't have asked. Uh, I wouldn't have come to my mind. Um, but he said, is the, in your absence, is there anybody else we can consult with? And he said, for philosophy, my God, would there be our Shida Marsha, Navadvita. So to me at the time, it didn't, I mean, I heard it. I remember it well, of course, and others do it also. Uh, but it still didn't, wasn't a, 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 didn't drive me to go and, you know, seek him out because I had, um, well, Prabhupada was still there. For one thing, we never thought he was going to leave. <laughs> um, and even after he left, I didn't go to Shiramarsh because there were other leaders of the mission that Prabhupada uh, seemed to defer to um, um, and certainly wanted them to step into the shoes of uh, fulfilling his the role of his in terms of initiating disciples and so forth. And, and, um, and I tried to, you know, work with them and, um, and support them and so forth. Unfortunately, um, uh, many of them were, had trouble walking in those shoes. Right. And, uh, and that was a, you know, you couldn't, uh, you couldn't, you can probably find a, a worse crisis when the spiritual leadership um, becomes questionable and and very you know very questionable things were happening at the time that were very 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 disconcerting uh, for us and you know I did go to Shiva Marsh ultimately I kind of I kind of looked at I suppose by someone as many as a maverick and independent didn't want to follow authority and so forth 
but it's really quite the opposite. I was really craving for actual spiritual um, authority and those whom I had put uh, faith in and supported to, uh, often, more often than not that time turned out you know, not to be. And so um, um, the prospect of uh, hearing from Peter Marsh was something that was 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 growing because now the times which would have changed considerably, yeah. and um, I mean you know it's written in the in 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 the books that there's a Siksha Guru and a Diksha Guru. It didn't really mean much to us. Probably was a Siksha Guru, Diksha Guru, Bhartma Production Guru. You know, yeah. Anyway, you look at it, so to speak. Um, but uh, it is a prominent. Um, um, aspect of, of the teaching and um, and Sridhar Marsh came to uh, fulfill that role for Prabhupada's disciples who of their own volition without even canvassing them in any way which was farthest thing from his mind but no, of their own volition came to him looking for guidance where it was uh, lacking in Iskon. And the guidance he gave was, was um, I mean, you couldn't have found a, a more uh, perfect Siksha Guru in one sense, because he knew Prabhupada well. They lived together. They were friends. He had assisted Prabhupada in some ways. Uh, Prabhupada had invited him to oversee the installation of the Ananta Seishdidi and the building of the Mayapur Temple. And he came for that occasion. Um, there's pictures of that, and I think it's a video right. of that. The prophet sat him on the same Vyasasana and so forth, and, and so on. And, and they lived together. As a, and when, when, when he came that time to visit Prabhupada in Mayapur to oversee the installation of the Anastasia, the prophet greeted him in his gumpsha. Shirdamarsh used to refer to the back, back of that, how intimate you know they were, right. um, so to speak. And so um, you know he knew Prabhupada, and he loved what Prabhupada was doing. Hmm? Prabhupada was outgoing. Sridhar was a very introverted person. Hmm? He didn't like to be in big circles and uh, Bhakti Siddhanta actually chose him to go to to, um, to London first. But Sridhar said that I, he didn't think he was the best candidate. So he said, whatever you want, Guru Maharaj, I will do, but there are others amongst us who speak better English. I'm very introverted type of person, others are more outgoing. And also, I think that I could benefit personally from your association, and I don't know how much longer you'll be with us. So Bhakti Siddhanta starts to say, oh, you stay here then. <laughs> and uh, he selected, I think, Vaughn Maharaj or Goswami Maharaj to go, both of them, different times. Um, uh, he, he said, Bhakti Siddhanta, I chose Sridhar Maharaj to go because I knew he could never be con con converted. Hmm? Hmm. So, um, the two, Prabhupada and Sridhar Maharaj, you know, they were very different. And it was very interesting to have the association of a person. Like, you know, I had the experience that Prabhupada could turn my head with the things he said and, and he wrote about it, so like no one else could. But I had the same experience with Sridhar Maharaj. So I knew I was, I was taking fruit from the same tree. Wow. Even though they were very different, they, they were different in their personalities. They were different um, in their focuses. Uh, they interpreted some verses 
differently, both within fell within the parameters of the Siddhanta, but hmm. mm. so um, it was a very um, uh, powerful and uh, uh, compelling kind of uh, experience to be in his association and to, and to and to be able to he 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 told us that Prabhupada Swami Maharaj he put so many things in your heart and now you have to reflect on those and bring those out and I, I will try to, to help you so he saw himself in an assisting role but he was a very um, uh, competent uh, teacher um, his Pujapachita uh, Bhaktisiddhanta referred to him as Shastra Nipun which is a, a in scriptural genius it's a word that Rupa Goswami uses to uh, um, characterize the, uh, the Uttamadikari. So, um, competent in terms of his acquaintance with Gaudiya Vaishnavism, competent in terms of knowing who Prabhupada was and what Prabhupada expected of us and, and, and so forth. And um, competent also not only in terms of knowing the Siddhanta, but a deep experience. He, uh, many, many devotees asked him for initiation after the departure of Bhakti Siddhanta, but he was unwilling to do so. He went to Ek Chakra and he asked in prayer Nityananda Prabhu, who was, took, appeared there, for his permission to, re, to retire and reside in the Dham. And the impression he got in his heart from Nityananda Prabhu was, you ask me for your mercy, but you're not willing to give your mercy to anyone. So he bargained with Nityananda Prabhu and said, okay, I got your permission to live in the Dham, and if anybody comes, I won't turn them away, but I'm not going to run here and there and everywhere trying to collect people. That's not my, my nature. And so he resided in the Dom and he had a small small mission there. Yeah, it kind of makes sense in this uh, when you say, okay, with the disappearance of Srila Prabhupada, it was you kind of had to look at two sides. It was one side of ISKCON and all the issues that were happening with kind of a very immature leadership and then you had someone like Sridhar Maharaj who was had been sannyas probably like 50 years at that point or just like a very experienced kind of person who was very similar to Srila Prabhupada so what was it that so there were I understand there were some issues with devotees going to him later on right after there was because of so because he was attracting so many of Prabhupada's disciples the the, the leadership of ISKCON had some issues with that well, the leadership of this gun was was lacking in love and ruled by rules. Um, I think if there, the more there is love, the less there are rules. The more there are rules, the less there is love. If you live in the same room with somebody, and after a while, uh, you find he likes to stay up late, uh, you like to get up early, um, you might make some rules and put them on the wall and say, we can stay together here, but you, you agree to this and I agree to that. Right. Whereas if there's love, well, the fact that he stays up late makes you want to stay up late. The fact that you get up early makes him want to get up early or her. Yeah. So it's a sharing of hearts, an exchange of hearts, love, right? Yeah. There's no, no rules in love. Um, Prabhupada wanted his mission to be ruled by love and trust. Mm -hmm. He used to allow the GBC to meet for only three days to discuss how to preach and so forth. Um, but, um, you know, after Prabhupada left, it, it became so many rules and um, 
and there was a there were the same the, the affection of Prabhupada I, I couldn't feel hmm, in the same way. And right. so um, at a certain point, yes, um, the GBC went to Sridhar Marsh, asked him advice, he gave advice, they published a paper based on his advice, and um, but he was not there just to you know give ditto to whatever they you know prove whatever they said. He had his own mind, his own opinion, and so on and so forth. So sometimes you'd say, I don't think that's what Swami Marsh would have wanted. I don't think that that's the philosophy, you know, and so forth. So, um, you know, the leaders, the gurus in particular, were struggling to, 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 to be what, to, to, as I say, to fit into those shoes. Yeah. And they were losing the ground in terms of the faith their ability to collect the faith of, particularly of the God brothers. Hmm? Hmm. And it wasn't a pleasant time uh, for many of us. Uh, I was in one zone and uh, I had a picture of Prabhupada on my desk. The guru at the time came in and said, why do you have a picture of Prabhupada on your desk? I'm the guru here. Yeah, so, <laughs> well, that was a little hard to digest. Uh, and wow. I didn't mind having his picture. Oh, and he was your God brother. Yeah. You know, so, I mean, I don't, really blame them they were they had a difficult role to fulfill and so forth right uh, right but to me uh when i began to hear from shittermajer i thought here's a solution but i was surprised that they didn't feel the same way in fact they made a resolution that anyone who wants to take siksha outside of iskon which was just referring to shittermarsh had to leave iskon so right. i was faced with okay Prabhupada wanted us to follow the GBC. I mean, I'm not dumb, you know. <laughs> there's a there's a purpose for following them to become Krishna conscious. Uh, it, it, it's not something you follow them blindly. Uh, you, 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 and 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 with regard to what you know, with regard to well, they're a management body. Hmm? Yes. Um, you know, so it's supposed to manage in such a way that they're not needed anymore. Hmm? So that, that, that those who are manager are spontaneously inspired to do what's necessary. Like for me, for example, we were talking earlier about book distribution. So I was just going and distributing books. Um, and at a certain point, I was asked to go to Australia. And from there, and, uh, I, w I was invited to, to Mayapur, the first festival. Prabhupada invited me just, just to go back a, a few years here. And, and, and uh, while I was in Australia uh, teaching there, the GBC in charge of Los Angeles, who I grew up under for a couple of years, he left the mission. So that was a surprise to me, but it was hmm, something that I thought, well, it happens. Um, and so when I went to Mayapur that year, Prabhupada talked to me and he said, all year long, you should work on me, you should, you should go and distribute books, and then, then come spend two months with me in Mayapur, a month with me in Mayapur in Vrindavan. So I was kind of like, okay, that's what I did. And I started my own party and so forth. I didn't have a GBC. I mean, I didn't think about it like that. I was just doing right. what, 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 what I was inspired to do and, and probably was pleased with it. And so the next year, that's 1975, I think. because I think the first festival was 1974. The GBC called me to their, to, into their meeting and you know, there I went, and and and, and they said, you know, that, that what they wanted. They asked me was, who is your GBC? You're traveling around, you're raising money, you know, 
I was sending it all to the book fund at that time, you know, yeah. every penny and living out of a bag that when the books were emptied, I put more books in, you know, and send the money and fill it up. A book. So uh, <laughs> they asked, who's your GBC? Who's who, under whose control are you, 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 you function? And I said, well, I knew what they wanted. One of, they were competing with one of the who would control me, who, who would have me in their zone so they could say where my money, the money that I collected went. I mean, I wasn't, wasn't dumb. So I said, I, I don't have it. Well, I said, well, my GBC was, was Corunder, but he, but he blooped. So they all blushed, you know, at the point. I mean, they knew that, but they said, well, anyway, you know, you have to have a GBC. I said, well, I mean, collect, select one then. You know, I don't, I don't mind, whatever you want to do. Yeah. So then they would went to Prabhupada as they would, and they would, they would say, this is a G resolution. He would say yay or nay, and he would go through them. So when they came to me, they said, and Tripurari Das, and Prabhupada, what has he done? His eyes got wide. And I know this because three of the GBC came and told me this. And Prabhupada, what has he done? And then before they could answer, he said, he is distributing my books. And they said, well, he doesn't have a GBC. And Prabhupada said, he doesn't need a GBC. He's doing <laughs> what, without need of any ma management. What you know, we wanted to do. Not that everybody's supposed to distribute books, but to spontaneously serve and and so right. forth. So you know, Tripari Das didn't need a GBC. <laughs> <laughs> and then, interestingly enough, they they passed a resolution, which was a wise enough resolution that that same year, 1975, no one could take sannyas without the uh, recommendation of the GBC and uh, being on one year of waiting because some sannyasis who were not um, prove themselves not capable of, you know, living up to their vows, and that was an, you know, an embarrassment to Prabhupada, so to speak. Right. So that was in Mayapur. Then the festival moved to Vrindavan, and Vrindavan Prabhupada gave me sannyas. That was the two weeks later. Wow. So he, he didn't, you know, so much for that GBC resolution. It was a good resolution, but it didn't pertain sure. in all circumstances. Rules are, you know, meant to be broken. Hmm? If we really understand them, we know when to break them. Um, so, can you elaborate on that a little bit? Meant to be sure. broken. What I mean, do you mean? You know, you know, it's just like if you come out of animality to humanity, you're expected to follow certain rules that aren't expected of animals. Right. But, but the rules in the moral life, if you will, is something like living in a cage. You're not supposed to stay in a cage. Hmm? Don't do this. Don't. Do this. There's a reason for it. Don't do this. Don't do that. You should do it like this. Um, but if you understand the import of them, hmm, mm. then you can come out of the cage and you can be free. Hmm? Um, right. So so the moral life is is not the sum and substance of spiritual life by any stretch of the imagination. I mean, Krishna Leelis teaches this by, by, by example. Hmm? Krishna doesn't appear, what I mean is that Krishna doesn't appear to be moral. He's super moral, obviously. Right. He's foregoing the Dharma. It's crossing over the, the moral. Um, so so there's so rules have a purpose. And you know, if you understand the purpose and you've risen to that occasion, then you may follow them to set an example for others who need that, but you're not bound by the, by them. Hmm? Mm. It's not a license to be immoral or, or right or anything of the sort, but um, you know, this is this is very central, obviously, to, to to the teaching. So again, where there's love, there are there are, there are really no rules. Where there's right. 
where, where love is lacking to that extent, they're going to be rules. So one of the rules that the GBC came up with, um, probably one of the, the worst ones in history, was anyone who wants to take Siksha outside of Iskon has to leave Iskon. It pertained only to Shudo Marsh because people were taking Siksha outside of Iskon. Yeah. Well, at that time, it wasn't really outside of Iskon. So they you know, made a, a dividing line. And I think that they were intimidated um, by just the person of Sridhar Marsh, just his, his spirituality hmm? um, and his ability to collect, to capture the faith of others by his discourse and by his, by his example that exceeded their own. At the same time, you know, that that's obviously doesn't sound like a bad thing at all. Why would they be afraid of it? They, they were, I think they were confused, you know, that they were supposed to be the leaders he was going to become a leader without trying. Yeah. Um, then maybe he would try to take over Prabhupada's position, and we we have to keep Prabhupada's position in the center. You know, they had these kind of fears. Um, some of it based on, as I said earlier, things that Prabhupada had said about God brothers who were antagonistic and, and so forth. And uh, and so they made this resolution. So what could you do? I mean, the resolution really and was really fueled by, unfortunately, uh, by Vaishnava Parada, because Sridhar was doing what, what Prabhupada suggested that he do for us, as I mentioned. Yeah. And, you know, we were coming to him. Even the GBC went to him, brought him out. He just answered the questions. And, his, you know, he'd, they'd ask him a question, and he'd give an answer that was like you'd make it forget the question and just you know soar into the heights of or the, the depths of his, his, his spiritual preoccupation hmm? wow. um you know so uh so he did away with questions although he answered them uh, 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 he did away with doubts and so forth so so um you know they wanted to They wanted to control the mission. They had good intentions and so forth. But anyway, they made a resolution. So here, a person like me is faced with, well, either I follow the GBC, because probably wants to follow the GBC, or I offend Sridhar Marsh. So, you know, it's an obvious choice if you know the philosophy. GBC is, you know, this is a relative figure. This is a man managerial, you know, figure. Yeah. You know, it's, it's not a... So, so I followed the GBC. Anyway, I left, went outside of Iskon <laughs> to take shelter of Sridhar Marsh. So I followed the GBC and I didn't offend Sridhar Marsh because unfortunately, along with the resolution at the time in Iskon came a consistent and very amplified broadcast of offensive rhetoric um, implied and um, directly concerning uh, Pujapatrita Marsh. And, you know, that's just a historical fact. And I didn't want to be part of that. Um, it, it, uh, so, again, I had a choice. Follow the GBC or, um, and, and offend Shida Marsh or not follow the GBC. But I followed the GBC and went outside of ISKCON. It took shelter of Shido Marge. 
who asked me to start a mission, suggested when I asked for service, he said, he said, Prophet has told you everything, go and start a mission. He would expect that of you and I'll be in the background and I can help and uh, come to me as, 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 as needed and so forth. How many, how many devotees approximately was it that made that choice to move over and I mean, follow the, as you said, follow GBC and go there? It was like the Kurukshetra War, the Pandavas and the Kurus. <laughs> <laughs> we, were, we were small uh, in number. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think that the leaders of ISKCON were not that well informed about the philosophy. I mean, I wasn't compared to how I am now. Right. Um, and so, uh, the wise thing to do would have been to say, all right, some of the devotees, some of the disciples of Prabhupada have developed an affinity for Sridharmaj, who is someone that Prabhupada has introduced to us, yeah. and someone who Prabhupada said we could take, uh, go to for philosophy, as I mentioned. Hmm? Prabhupada has said that. So some want to do that. We as the GBC think that that can be problematic for the management of the society hmm? because they'll be getting siksha from a spiritual authority who's not under the control of the management. And so it it could be problematic. That was their theory. Hmm? And so what they should have said was, all right, let them go then, let them serve separately hmm? outside of ISKCON and we'll continue in this way, and and let's keep tabs with one another and see how it goes. Hmm? Oh, wow. And there may be some occasions where you can come together, you know, um, for events, and here's a new a new uh, chapter. Hmm? Some of Prabhupada's disciples are now also influenced by one of his god brothers, who was his own Siksha guru and, 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 and dear friend. Hmm? So they, it's a side of Prabhupada. Some, some of my godbrothers think, well, you know, he left Prabhupada. Yeah. But, but I entered into a chapter in Prabhupada's life, an aspect of Prabhupada's life that they're not privy to. Hmm? But I haven't lost anything that, that they already know about Prabhupada. You, you know, if you want to compare notes, I know, <laughs> I know pretty much about Prabhupada. And Prabhupada knew me personally. Prabhupada talked to me personally, wrote letters to me personally, and so forth. Right. So, uh, and also, if you take the very, you know, fundamental equation of beta bade, chinta beta bade, so you have, you know, there's a oneness in the philosophy. Hmm? The philosophy is one. Within the parameters of that singular philosophy, there are there's room for different expressions of the philosophy. There's Sakyabhav, there's Madhuryabhav, for example. Right. There's ways in which you could serve Shravanam, Kirtanam, Smarnam, and so forth, that are differences. And, um, and so similarly, you know, having a Siksha Guru, hmm? someone would say, you know, well, what do you need a Siksha Guru for? I mean, there, there, there wasn't a time, 
I think historically for Prabhupada's disciples where there wouldn't be more of a need for a stiksha guru. Iskon was really struggling at that time with uh, how to how to proceed and so forth. There's you know we get we used to be called called prostitutes and our chastity was was questioned. Hmm? But there's a difference between chastity and purity. They don't always go together. If you're pure, you're chaste. But you could be chaste but not pure. Hmm? Right. And so, but if you're pure, you have to have been chaste because how could you be pure? You follow? In other yeah. words. If you're chased to your guru's teachings and to go to your Vaishnavism, that's the only way to become pure. So if you're pure, but it looks on the surface that you're not chased because now you're not following, you're not in ISKCON in Prabhupada's formal mission, you're over here with this other person, Sridhar chastity is question. This is a superficial understanding. But if you see that there's purity and there's understanding of Krishna consciousness and it's growing and so forth, then you have to rethink what, what in a more dynamic sense, what chastity constitutes. Hmm? Mm. Chastity in, in a formal and a physical sense is one thing. Let's say a child, you know, the son of a, of a business uh, man uh, in his childhood walks in, in, in his father's shoes and stumbles and everybody thinks it's very cute. Hmm? And so they say, oh, he's going to be a follower of his father, you know. True. But, I mean, really to be a father of his father, he has to take the business uh, to be a son and a follower of his father. He has to take the business, understand the business, and take it to a new level. Hmm? Let's say you were, you know, let's say uh, Jeff Bezos was, father was a, had a bookstore. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I don't think he did, but let's say he did, for example. So his son, I mean, this is, was going to follow in his footsteps and sell books. And he had the idea, let's sell them online. Right. Wait a minute, you know, next thing is, next thing he's selling other things too. Hmm? So he's, de you know, has he deviated here or has he, you know, <laughs> changed the thing in form and appearance in so many ways, but it's, but it's the same thing. So to keep up with the current is that uh, takes some you know spirituality hmm? wow and and to separate out externals from you know the substance from form details from principles what's a detail and what's a principle hmm? mm. like sometimes in iskon they, they say well you know if you want to understand the teaching you know Prabhupada's books will come first and then the, later on the previous acharyas but whatever he says is, is prominent that only holds true for details. Prabhupada's not the person who's going to give you the Siddhanta anew. It's already been established. The founding acharyas of the Sampradaya carved out the, the Siddhanta right. in their core texts. And Prabhupada taught us his credibility lied in repeating what they said. Although he may apply that with different details according to time and circumstance, which is, you know, the, the, the core uh of, of how to preach hmm? so those details will become prominent over the details that may have been uh found in earlier texts but the teaching itself the the siddhanta that's not something that probably just can make up and differ from you know not that not they did he didn't do that i'm saying but yeah um, and and so you know if you want to teach like that the prophet's book should be most prominent because he's the current acharya. Then you would have to teach that the current acharya 
I think we lost you there, Marge, for a little while. Looks like we're having a little bit of audio issues. We'll just give him Marge a minute to come back. On my side, it's frozen. I don't know if anyone else is having that. Which you should. What well, one second, Maraj? You a little frozen here. Oh. Okay. Well, um, Marge dropped off. He'll be joining again. Thank you, everyone, for joining. We have like 180 people watching. This is great. Wonderful. I, I mean, I love hearing uh, Marge's side of the story for sure. I think it's something that we don't necessarily hear about. Yes, he does have uh, someone helping him. He They will rejoin. Let me see. Let me give us a chance. It'll give us a chance to digest everything Marge was saying. Let's see here. Okay, I think we got Marge back here. Device is not connected. Oh, Krishna. I think he's rejoining. But a little bit of issues with the devices, it seems. Let's give him a minute here. Okay. Yeah, we, we, there's so many questions coming in. We have to... Uh, it's, it's a really hard balancing hearing from Maraj, but also interrupting his uh, his his uh thought process and 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 so allowing him to develop his what he's articulating okay looks like he's rejoining it seems like there is some um... okay. okay okay hello hi krishna hello yes maraj can you hear me i can hear you but i cannot see you yet Unfortunately, I'm having a hard time hearing you. I, I don't know what the problem is. Um, maybe, can you hear me? I can hear you. I can hear you. It's okay. a little lag. I can There's a lag. Though. Okay. I, can you see me? Not yet. Okay. Um, 
Well, I can keep talking, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you could, I guess. Um, I don't know if, if uh, the devotee who's working with you there is, is – um, are you near are you near the are you using Wi-Fi or is it wired in? Everyone please stay tuned. This is a part of doing an online show. There's always the technical part of it. Maharaj, can you hear me? If you go to the bottom. Did he stop or? Maybe that's a phone call. Hello? Yes, Marge? Yeah, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Oh, okay. Well, I don't know what happened, but... Um, um, if, if, if you go to... If the devotee helping you goes to the bottom of the screen, there's a, there's a button that says cam slash mic. If you click that, you might be able to tweak the videos to, to get the input of what you were using earlier. Tell me we are going to restart Marge's computer. Okay, you're going to restart Marge's computer. That's fine. Okay, great. Solar listeners, Marge's computer will be restarted. And then we'll add him back to the stream. Uh, yes, Guru Nishta Prabhu, thank you. I just got a message. I'll be restarting March. I forgot I'm able to post comments and things. <laughs> but yeah, so we'll restart Maraj's computer and then we he will rejoin. Okay. What a time to join, yes. <laughs> having audio audio issues oh, okay anyways the the interview is going really beautifully i mean a lot of things i think uh you know audio is fine just put his photo distributing books if all this fails no daiva prabhu Hare krishna thank you for for joining us oh, okay shamala let's see this namras what inspired to share his story uh, i mean he's a uh, 
He's an Iskon hero. I mean, it's like from I, I'm an Iskon history buff. I love I love everything about how things developed, and he's just such a part of it. He's just a part of that history from the very beginning, and you know, being the incarnation of book distribution, getting sannyas from Srila Prabhupada, and then developing into uh, how what happened with Sridhar Maharaj. And I think that's a very fascinating history. And to hear that is very valuable because we don't get to hear these kind of things. It's kind of, okay, what we might hear, what we might read on the internet or what someone might tell us that they heard. But hearing it directly from someone who was there, I think we don't, necessarily get that a lot so it's 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 just a really valuable thing to hear uh yeah my friend jay jagannath how are you hearing marta's story i mean this is something i know and i mean i knew a lot of this stuff from hearing marge previously also reading things but there are things that i haven't heard and i'm just hearing them with a lot of gratefulness that this can be shared yeah that this can be shared uh you know widely that this is what the history was because we don't want to you know i was talking to Jonavi about this like yesterday we don't want to hear kind of the part towing the party line type things our younger generation we just want to hear things as they are like what was the history what was the history this is the history it's coming straight from him and that's his perspective. That's his experience. And, and we can't fault anyone for their experience. So I think that's why it's a really valuable thing to listen to. Bring Vaisheshika Rameshwar Pragosh and Tripari Mahesh together. I mean, that would be like the, you know, the book distribution all-star team. Uh, it, would be, it would be very interesting, you know, to interview for sure. Uh, did I get critiqued for that? Um, no, maybe a little bit. I got a few messages saying maybe that's not a good idea to have Maharaj on. Um, but this is, you know, I just think like this is my show. I mean, I, I, I'm, I, and I'm an ISKCON member. You know, I, I'm a lifelong ISKCON member. I, I don't have any, you know, I, I can't really go. I don't go anywhere else because that's that's my that's been my life and that's my life. But but I'm not going to limit myself to who I hear from in the sense of hearing like coming on the show and talking about their experience, because I think it's a very valuable thing to hear from other devotees who are not in ISKCON. Okay. looks like Maharaj is rejoining. Let's everyone pray that this works. In the meantime, please follow my page and please like it and share it and tell about tell your friends about it. This is the number one Hare Krishna podcast in the world. I don't even know if it is. I just say that. Come on, Guru Nishtaprabhu. I hope you're on the phone there. Worse where it comes to worse, we will have part two.
Is it possible for Mars to call on his phone directly if the internet is still acting up? Um, do not. Oh, yeah, I think actually he can. Um, yes, there is a way to do it via phone. I'm going to try to see if it will be possible. Give me a second. Everyone take a bathroom break. Lunch break. <laughs> okay, let's see. I think I could do it via phone. Okay, I've paired my device. Uh, Prabhu, can you get on Messenger? Marit can call me on my phone, and we can do this via phone. Gurunisha Prabhu, I sent you a messenger message with the phone number Maharaj can call me at. This is a first for the late morning program. Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna Maharaj. Hare Krishna. Uh, one second. I don't hear you. Okay. Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Hello? Yes. Hello? I can't hear you. You can't hear me. Okay. Can you hear me? I can hear you. Uh, one, can you hear me? Yes, I can now. Oh, great. Okay, we have Maharaj back. Can can our listeners, can you hear us? I can hear you. Okay. I don't know if you're 
Let me l- let's let's let the uh We can hear Maraj. Okay, good. All right, let's continue uh Maraj. Um Okay. Okay, so Sorry we No, 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 that's okay. No problem. No problem at all. So, uh let's t- we were talking about um you're making the point of I can't exactly remember now that all this so I guess we, where we can go now is uh, well, we were talking about they were difficult. It was you know how I left it's gone and how it was maybe misunderstood by right, right, many godbrothers. And you know, in retrospect, I think it's 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 proven to be you know what I did. Persons like myself is perfectly within the parameters of the philosophy. Some of the gone leaders didn't really understand the principle of the Diksha Guru, right, and right. how. It was why, you know, because circumstance hadn't arisen where we would need one outside of Prabhupada, who was our Diksha and Diksha guru. And so they thought it to be a kind of departure from the philosophy. But it's actually within the parameters of the philosophy. It's a difference, if you will, that, that it, it kind of uh, uh, it ornaments the, the philosophy. Um, so um, it's kind of the 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 bade, the difference of expression within debate the singular uh, philosophy um, but in retrospect over time now it, it should be clear that you know I didn't uh, end up in uh, in hell <laughs> for, for rejecting my guru you know which right. would have certain symptoms if I had I would imagine mm. I have a question what are your thoughts on the younger generation our generation kind of inheriting certain uh, feuds or partisan dealings in within Gaudiya Vaishnavism? Like, is there a need for, you know, somehow when Prabhupada said, keep your distance from certain Vaishnavas and things like that? What are your thoughts on that? Well, I think that uh, one thing is that uh, you're kind of speaking from an ISKCON framework, you know, right. you're for ISKCON, but uh, yeah. ISKCON has its rules, and it, 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 it tends to be, uh, I would say, rather insular. Um, but there are many members within it that don't identify with that insularity. And it's difficult for them to do so, for that matter, because on the ground, the reality is very different. They may have a son who's initiated by somebody outside of ISKCON. Uh, they may have a, a grandson or a daughter or a wife or a husband. Um and in their everyday life, um, um, that those kind of insular um, mandates, if you will, uh, that are well intended, but they have a counter are counterproductive. They don't they don't really apply. So I think people have to put together, you know, the reality on the ground, if you will, and see the extent to which it conflicts with um, um, a very sectarian and insular policy and, you know, rise, rise above it. That, that said, of course, um, yeah, I mean, who to associate with and who not, uh, that's, that's always going to be a question. There are going to be misrepresentations of the teachings. Um, uh, but, I mean, you know, you found that within ISKCON, too. You know? so, yeah. so, what are you left with here? Somebody to tell you what to do at every minute or, or to think for yourself, hopefully with, with, uh, uh, with spiritual 
spiritual insight. And, you know, you might make a mistake, but, you, you know, mistakes are only as bad as you don't, don't learn from them. Um, so, like for myself, you know, often questions, I answer questions with questions. I, I try to encourage the boys to think, to use their intelligence and, um, and, and be, to use a, a, a phrase coined by Prabhupada, uh, what was the phrase now? Um, independently thoughtful. Um, you know, and you can err in that and, and, and think outside of the parameters of the philosophy, but then you know, there should be guidance uh, available. We should all have persons in our lives, Vaishnavas in our lives who we regard, who we think we can, we feel confident that we can get the, 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 the Siddhanta from. So, you know, there's no like silver bullet, if you will, or, or perfect formula who to avoid, who not to. But, but I think that we should, we would be wrong or we would be perhaps uh, endanger ourselves more by embracing a philosophy that cautions to the extreme against association with um, devotees outside of our, our group. Um, we should, uh, rather than because the scriptures, they they uh, just amplify a, a very different message, right? They amplify the fact that the respect for devotees, uh, seek association. Um, you know, if a sadhu comes to town and he's going to give a talk, I mean, I would invite him to my place. Yeah. I mean. If he says something wrong, well, you know, okay, you know, I, I mean, look at Prabhupada's own example in, a, in his own life. He told us that right. his father would invite anybody to the house that looked like a sadhu, <laughs> even if they weren't, you know. <laughs> so he's erring on that side to some extent, you know, perhaps. But uh, what's the other side? You know, you 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 you, you risk the potential of offending. Uh, a Vaishnava to imbibe in a samskar for Vaishnava Parad. I mean, that's very, very detrimental. Yeah. Um, so I, I would, I would encourage the devotees to kind of move in the, in the opposite direction of that. And, and it, it, you know, I, I've given lectures at times that were, you know, inspiring, even to myself and had persons in the audience who were, who were, God bearers of mine, God sisters, um, and and kind of officially members of ISKCON, but testing me out, so to speak, you know, because I came there, and they said things like, "Well, that was really inspiring, but right, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's no place for that, but but you're not supposed to be as inspiring as this because we were told, you know, that you're like this, and that, you know, we came right. here, we know you, so we respect you, but." So I think, you know, in the, in the least, there's been so much of an emphasis on ISKCON, in ISKCON, of protecting the devotees from other devotees, um, that it, 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 it's, it's reached a point where it's, it's uh, I mean, I'm not a member, so I haven't been for many, many years, 
yeah. you know, for, I don't know, 35 years. So I, I don't mean to try to characterize society in a way that is inaccurate, but I just sure. think overall, my experience is that it's overemphasized and it's counterproductive and it would be better to err on the other side. And, 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 um, and for myself, I, I, I seek anybody who talks about Krishna. I'm interested. Uh, yeah. I read this, but he wrote something. I read, you know, if it doesn't, I'm, I'm well enough grounded in the philosophy. Well, this isn't, you know, actually what Chaitanya Mahaprabhu taught. Okay. He thinks like that. She thinks like that, but I'm not, not committing Vaishnava to Rod, you know. Uh, right. So, what are my thoughts on that? Yeah, I, I find it, I find it really tricky when a new, the new generation or my generation rather has to continue any type of like inheriting certain biases from the previous generation that they have because it it just it just makes things. It's like it's it's like a breeding ground for offenses, even though like nothing happened to me personally or or to another person, but but we're told to okay, we have to uh, you know protect Iskon, and for that reason, we don't associate with certain people and things like that. So I yeah, I understand I understand both sides to be honest, but I I do think that there needs to be less of that because it's just not I I don't understand why we have to. Be it's the biggest organization in the world uh, of Gaudiya Vaishnavism, right? Uh, and it's all over the world and so forth. I don't really think it's 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 in danger, you know. Right, uh, right. And and what I think is that ISKCON should be the society that acknowledges Krishna consciousness wherever it is. Hmm? Yeah, and say this is Krishna consciousness over here. It's a different mission. They have different details that they follow. Their morning program goes like this. Our morning program goes like this. Goes in down on Madi Purusha. They do it different, but there's room for these differences. That's fine. That's that's beautiful. Um, and and by acknowledging Krishna consciousness wherever it is, who would not want to be in that movement? Who would yeah. not want to be in that mission that is everywhere, wherever there's Krishna, there's Krishna consciousness, they acknowledge it. Honor. They don't try to manage it. They don't think it has to be under their rule in terms of management in order for it to flourish. It's already flourishing. There it is. Yeah. And we 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 point it out. We acknowledge and we make a bond with them um, to whatever extent that we can to associate with on different occasions. And if somebody wants to go from our group to that group, or from that group to this group, then it's a free market. You know. I mean, it's that's what it is. Yeah. Yeah, it, it should be the free flow of faith. You know, it's not about collecting people, and and um, it, 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 it's about helping people to go back to Godhead. You know, so mm. like I have disciples. If I find that somebody is inspiring to them, or there's an inspiring Vaishnava in the com- community that comes there, I you know, I generally want them to associate with them. There may be some persons who 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 I don't, and I have reasons, and I explain, but they're philosophical reasons, and or they're reasons about the person's character or something like that. And it, that's very seldom, very rare. Um, so, yeah. Right. Um, um, and the same thing, books, look at the BBC, you know, because you know, I, I was always involved with books and I'm an author now and so forth. Yeah. And, um, you know, what did Prabhupada want for his back to God at that? For his, for his BBT, he formed ISKCON and he formed BBT. I look at like a chinta beta beta. The books are one, you know, the philosophy is one. Uh, uh, non-different, 
can't have two philosophies. Yeah. So it's obeyed. But the expression of Iskon in different temples is obeyed. So they have, in this temple, they have Radha Gobinda. They do it like this. In this temple, it's a little bit different over here. And this one, this Achari is prominent over there. And it's gone so, you know, his or her sensibilities uh, are, are going to, you know, play themselves out and so forth. So that's the difference of the, the beauty. But if you go now, <laughs> look at look at Iskon. You know, <laughs> Ruffin wanted it wanted a singular BBT. In other words, he wanted books all coming out of the BBT that would be properly edited and properly designed and so forth. And they, there should be some control there. Mm-hmm. And then the inspiration that comes from reading the books and so forth can, can show itself in different uh, beautiful expressions. Right. So he, he, but now you have, you have such a control that people in the temple Got to call up somebody, you know, from somebody else who's, who's in Timbuktu, but is their GBC and say, such and such sadhu from this Sampradaya is in town, you know, we don't know if we can invite him there here or not, you know. Yeah. And some of the members of the community, you know, know him. And, you know, I mean, you got to be able to think more for yourself. There should be, in other words, less control. Yes. And, it, and there should be freedom of expression. The control should come in terms of what's the philosophy. So all of the books probably would have wanted, would have wanted all, so many books published, but all coming through the BBT. What to speak of from authors within ISKCON? What about authors outside of ISKCON? The BBT should be such that it is the, the Gaudiya Vaishnav publishing group, that if you get published by them, it's like getting published by Harper's, you know? Right, or, right. You know? And so it, it, we find such and such Swamini has written her book and it's Krishna conscious is gone. BBT wants to publish it and let it be known and recognize it. That to me would be very different, but it's a, than it is now. And it's but it's a way that is could be not the insular could interact yeah. with everybody. And, you know, not at risk of, of, I, I think, you know, changing the mood, like Prophet's mood is in Iskon. Prophet did things in certain ways, and so they want to do those things. And that's nice, you know. And and others do it differently. So you don't have to go and change. They have to do it your way. You have to do it their way. But we'll connect on the philosophy. We'll publish your book, you know. We mm. say you're bona fide. Mm. Everybody would love Iskon then. You know? <laughs> <laughs> And then, if you then you can also say, well, what the special ta- specialty of Iskon is is that Prabhupada uh, is um, his internal life. Mm-hmm. He represents a wave of Sakyarasa coming under onto the onto the uh, into, in, in, into the world, the likes of which we haven't seen since Nityananda Prabhu himself. Mm-hmm. Right. Not that it wasn't there afterwards, and that it, and it wasn't prominent. It was his wave, but then. That wave receded to the, uh, you know, to the tsunami of 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 Madhurya Rasa, based on the, the commentaries of the Goswamis, which you know came to be the orthodox teaching of Gaudiya Vaishnavism, which includes Sakya Rasa and so forth. But the prominence of that, with passing, for example, the Dinanda and Janabi come, coming into into prominence and her pension for for, for Madhurya Rasa. So, so historically, these things are going to happen. And um, even there, I know uh, Bob is outside of Iskon, 
when Prabhupada was here, they, they, they told the disciples, Nityananda Prabhu has empowered this Bhaktivedanta Swami, who's, this is where this is all, all, all coming from, Sakirasa. So that's a unique thing. It's very beautiful. Um, and yeah. you can get that in ISKCON. <laughs> that would be a way of saying we're the best, you know, from, from our subjective point of view, that uh, it would be very charming rather than in a way that uh, becomes, um, you know, less desire, undesirable. Right. I want to understand kind of a little bit of your experience in regards to um, being part of ISKCON as a, a large society and then moving to your your own society like a small a small intimate society. What are your reflections around that kind of change? Like what, what differences, what pros, what cons did you see? Well, I think um, the cons, like what con would be, it's, it's nice to be part of a group of, uh, a large group of, diverse persons, yeah. all practicing Krishna consciousness where everything's all set up. Uh, you know, right. uh, it's got, an, it's got an economy, it's got <laughs> uh, properties, it's got a publishing arm. Um, it's got a social life. It's got even employment for people. Right. Um, those are things that, that all were set up in Prabhupada's, you know, time. And, you know, they have been continued uh, by ISKCON. So for me, someone like me to stand out on the street in my pajamas, so to speak, as people would look at it, oh, who's that? What's that? You know, I have no group behind me, nothing, you know. Yeah. Um, like Prabhupada came to New York, you know, there he was alone, you know. Um, and so, and then and to create an economy, to create, you know, to have properties, have a publishing arm, and I mean, it's not an easy thing to do, um, and to, to be able to have all of that, and then, you know, teach or preach, as it, 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 it seems to be my my calling. Um, wow, you know, I mean, that, that, all that facility is uh, is helpful, and and the association, the, the opportunity to share um, insights with uh, con uh, um, those who are, you know, your contemporaries and so forth. Yeah. Um, that's a, that's so that's a, a con I would say. Um, mm -hmm. but the pros are, are considerable as well. Um, and among them, given the insular nature of this con, mm -hmm. as, as I see it, as I experienced it, uh, to be out of that is, 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 is very, um, refreshing if you will. And it brings you into a larger world that ISKCON doesn't realize it's part of sometimes. Hmm? Right. Um, so ISKCON may be the largest institution of Gaudi Vaishnavism, but there's a lot of Gaudi Vaishnavism. If you put it all together everywhere, it probably has more members than ISKCON. Hmm? Um, and so you, 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 you know, you, you, you have the opportunity to, you know, be in touch with that. Um, for me, it started with, well, Peter Marsh and other, other disciples of Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur, and, and and you know it goes on from there. Uh, that possibility, that's pretty much not a possibility for Iskand. It's kind of a you know frowned upon to, to put it mildly, and uh, you know there's much to be uh, to be to be gained from that. 
that type of um, exposure hmm, uh, to how Gordy Weston is, is done differently over here, how historically for hundreds of years it was done like this over there and so forth. Very interesting yeah. and very useful, very helpful in terms of sorting out what are details that can be altered and, should, and need to be altered and what are principles that need to be um, ma- maintained and, and embraced. Um, and another way in which this plays out is that you get more exposure to the world. This kind can be very influenced such that you don't, you know, you don't get as much exposure perhaps to the world. Um, that may be a little different for some persons in, uh, from, who are members of ISKCON but don't live at a temple. We used to all live at temples, you know, you know right, house, right, in households and everything as well. But um, and it was still like that when I left ISKCON. I mean, you have to realize this was like you know, nineteen whatever it was seventy. 1982, yeah. I think. Um, that's a long time ago. Some of you weren't listening more, but weren't even born then. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Iskon was very, very different then. It was very, very, um, the walls were high and the doors were very tight. You know, they locked. Um, and there weren't any windows. Um, <laughs> I mean, I didn't, you know, you could live in Iskon not even know who the president of the United States was, you know. Right. Um, at, at times. So there was no internet, you know. So it's different now. I realize that. But but when I left, um, that was part of my experience. I had to find a place to to be a sannyasin where it was, you know, uh, acceptable, so to speak. So I reverted back to my previous background in alternative culture in America, which was now had morphed from hippies to all, you know, varieties of uh uh, Eastern spirituality and, and the term new age was coming about then and so forth. Right. And so, uh, you know, I kind of plugged into that, learned a new vocabulary and, uh, became an author, you know, in, in, in alternative culture. Um, and an author for devotees as well. If anyone would dare, you know, to, to read one of my books, they're very much written for devotees to help take them within deeper within the deeper in you go. I think the more um, equipped you become to reach out and understand the world um, and, 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 and put it in, and there's a lot going on. And now there is more exposure to the world. I'm kind of getting off on the tangent here, but yeah, um, and that may be one of your other questions, but just hold off on that here and go back to the cons. Yeah. You know, I, um, uh, uh, and there was at that time when I left this gun, the BBT would not sell me proper books to sell to other people. That's how bad I was. So I had to start okay. writing books. That's why I started. I started writing a magazine and then, then books and so forth. And when you do that, you know, you have to listen to other authors. You have to you have to understand what contemporary thought is, what's contemporary philosophy today, and so yeah. forth. And and so. Um, it was a great opportunity to grow for me. I had to think for myself. Um, I had to, uh, uh, and, and there's some intimacy also that's probably lost to some extent sure. in this gone that game. So there are, there are pros, there are cons. Right. I think a, a point that I'd like to make is like you, you were making that point as well. In that time when you left, everyone was living in the temples. 
So to leave yeah. Iskon was an actual like, okay, I'm leaving and I'm not going to come back to living in the temple. I'm going to be doing my own thing. And so, but in now 2021, for someone to, when someone, when I heard, I heard someone say it like uh, a few months ago, I'm going to leave Iskon. Like I was thinking, what does that actually mean? Like you don't live yeah. in the temple. You don't, I mean, we've been COVID quarantined for a year and a half now. Like, what does that mean to leave Iskon now? Now, I don't think it really even means anything because it's it, it's it's like not it's like not applicable anymore. Anyway, that's just just a little thought uh, on that. Yeah, yeah, it's very different now. The yeah, walls are just very porous comparatively. Um, so. Yeah, I mean, that time it was like the earth is flat. You know, you walk out to the discount, you, you know, it's just like Columbus stay on the ocean and it's flat and he's going to fall off. That's what they thought. You know, we <laughs> right. proved they're wrong. <laughs> we proved the world was round. Right. So, right. Uh, so uh, good. <laughs> yeah. I'd like to shift gears a, a little bit, Maraj. Um, in regards to uh, the actual title of this podcast, I, and I love I love talking about you know the history and things, but let's talk a little bit about um, use you know becoming a progressive Vaishnava in this modern world. There's some questions I want to address because we're at one minute thirty seven. Sorry, an hour and thirty seven. There's some questions regarding our actual original topic, and I just want to uh, sure. pose those okay. to you. So how do you re- how do we remain true to ancient teachings while practicing in a modern world, especially one where the social demands of the modern world are such that a Casey res- a Krishna conscious response to them is not necessarily self evident. Well, I think that uh, first of all, Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur told his disciples when they were asked in the public by other Vaishnavas. What paribar, what Gaudiya paribar are you members of? Paribar means like what, what lineage, what family you're members of. Right, right. He taught them to reply, Bhakti Vinod paribar. Hmm? Uh, wow. Prabhupada said that my movement is the movement of Bhakti Vinod. Bhakti Vinod is the grandfather or great grandfather of this, of, of all of us, ISKCON members, Gaudiya Moth, and, uh, and, 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 and me and people like me and so forth. Um, and Bhakti Vinod Thakur. Is, did something that you know had never been done before in Gaudiya Vaishnavism, which was to begin to interface with the modern world. And um, he took certain liberties with the philosophy to do so. And um, he very much uh, emphasized a what in his terms Saragrahi Vaishnava, how to be the idea of being an essential Vaishnava, and really um, differentiating between details and principles. The objections to Bhakti Siddhanta Sastri Thakur that are there in the past um, all amount to, on the part of those objectors, conflating principles with details. So let's go to social issues, okay? So those are those are details, um, really. Uh, and, and, and not only that, but um, the question was when it, you know, it, it a, a response to social issues, how to may not be apparent within Krishna conscious rhetoric, or to say it differently, perhaps, it sounds like we should respond in a way that would really be out of sync with the way the world's going in, in, in this regard, right? Right. Let, I mean, let's, let's take an issue, let's take homosexuality right. as an example. 
Okay. So, you know, Prabhupada said a couple of things about homosexuality that indicate that, um, that it's bad. Right. 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 Um, once Sridhar Marsh was, was told about lesbians, he never heard of them before. Oh, and he couldn't figure out how that would work. I hate to be crude. Right. He couldn't figure out how that would work sexually. Right. So what I'm speaking about here is a kind of na- naivety on his part. Hmm? Because lacking information about a subject. Hmm? Yeah. It's not that all the information needed about every subject to weigh in and give a comprehensive answer. He often sought information from his disciples in the West so that he could give informed kind of explanations uh, or, or, or responses. Unfortunately, many of us were not competent to give informed opinions or we just tried to say what he, we thought he wanted us to say, you know, yeah. which, was, which was in his own words his shortcoming. He didn't have anyone to consult with. He wrote the Street of Marge. <laughs> you know, we were limited in our ability to do so. We were very young and so forth. What we told him about science and what we knew about it was what he, where he got it, most of his information. You know? So, right. so he would respond in certain ways. Um, so the homosexuality, here's a social issue. So Prophet said things, which if we just take them on the face, there's a couple of statements, a couple, maybe something written in a book and couple other things uh, in the letter or conversation that you, you, you now decide that, that are you there? Oh, I'm sorry. Yes, I'm there. That the only Krishna conscious response to this social issue is what would be called socially speaking, uh, probably amongst the majority, a homophobic response. Hmm? Right. Or a response that's not moving in the direction of social norms that the society is moving. And I realize there are plenty of people who are conservative uh, at perspective and homophobic and, and think that, you know, that's the way things should go. But the, the majority of the world, I don't think, thinks like that. In this country, in the United States, I don't think that's the case. Right. Correct, um, yeah. So, um, so what are you going to do? I mean, what, how do you, are, it, it, it's kind of the question, how do I respond? Because, it seems like I should just say it's bad because Prabhupada said it's bad. But that's not what Prabhupada taught just because he said something about something that we should repeat it exactly. So he said we should think, use our mind, intelligence. Uh, you know, this is the hallmark of preaching, as I said earlier, to, you know, uh, separate details from principles. Uh, there's relativity in, uh, in preaching because according to the time and circumstance, you're going to preach in a certain way. Time and circumstance changes, sure. so you have to change with it. The world changes. People change. People's brains are different now than they were 100 years ago. Let's speak of 200 years ago. There are different species. I mean, they're, they're evolved, whatever, species of humans. They're developing, and that's involved, evolved, and or devolved, whoever you want to think about it. But um, the world is never the same. It's always going to show itself differently at different times and different places. So there needs to be commentary on it in those times. So, you know, what are you going to do? I mean, you know, 11, 11 guys play football and, and they're only interested in playing football and girls are silly. And then one day, 10 guys on the team miss the play because they're all attracted to one, to, to the cheerleaders. <laughs> right. And the 11th guy is attracted to the quarterback. 
Right. You know, so what are you, <laughs> what are you supposed to do with that? You know, I mean, you know, you're supposed to say, well, the book says this. Prophet at that time said, you know, three, you know, ten sentences on it over there. I, 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 meanwhile, what's really happening here? You know, this person reaches puberty, and that's how he feels. Yeah. So, so okay, you know, Prophet said. Well, how can they do this? Even animals don't do this. Well, the fact of the is, there is homosexuality in animals. So, are we supposed to just say that's not true because Prabhupada said it? You know, mm. no. Uh, you, you have to see that based on information that Prabhupada had, familiarity with a certain um, phenomenon, he would comment on it at times. But I saw that Prabhupada, if he got new information, would change his mind on things. Also, I had personal experience of that. Mm-hmm. So. Are we going to think that Prabhupada was irrational? Mm-hmm. Right. That, that based on new information, I mean, I grew up thinking homosexuality was weird as a as a kid. I mean, in those days, you know, you did, the, the yogurt was weird. You know, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, what to think of yoga? You know, so I mean, yeah, I was attracted to both. You know, and I was weird, but uh, but I was but but I also thought homosexuality. But when I looked into the issue, I realized, well, this is what's going on here, you know? So, again, probably want to use your intelligence. This is the detail. And and, and so you, um, that doesn't mean, you know, you use the word progressive. I think progressive is a loaded, progressive is a loaded word. I mean, it's a political right. a term also that applies to a certain group of people. I don't agree with everything that progressives say or their, their political perspective, but some of the things I do, obviously, and, uh, and, and I think that um, you know, you, 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 Prabhupada uh, or any 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 guru would expect their disciples to use their intelligence and land on their feet and um, and um, uh, apply themselves in a new world in Krishna consciousness. It's a new world. It's a different world, and it's changing at such a rate now that you know, ten years now with technological developments, the changes that they bring are greater than. In, in, in centuries past, the, uh, the, the, the amount of change you would find in, in 100 years. Hmm? Yeah. So it's hard to keep up with. Now, on the other side, you don't have to keep up with it all either. You know, you could, like from a scientific point of view, let's say, cosmological point of view, you could live in a Puranic world and and do bhajan and, and fine. Right. But if you're going to live in the world and you're going to have to be confronted with modern philosophy and scientific findings and so on and so forth, well, you know, be acquainted with it. To the extent that you, you're interested in it, or you have to, or it, it, it comes up in, in terms of your uh, conversations and, and so forth, and and then um, weigh in from a Krishna conscious uh, point of view um, on it. Uh, um, let's take you know Bhagavad cosmography you find in the fifth canto. Well, Pritchett Marsh asks Sukadev to tell him about nature of of, of, the, of the Maya Shakti because it's one of the Shaktis of Bhagawan and by knowing about it he'll know more about Bhagawan you know it's a basic idea right and Sukadev replies at the onset he says well I'll tell you what I can based on the what's Puranic you know historical uh, you know record is in different Puranas but essentially it's basically a com- a a, a, a um, transformation of the modes of nature that's what it is it's basically a transformation of the modes it's always in flux and so forth but 
this is the way they looked at it in the piranha. So the barber takes from other piranhas and, you know, passes on that particular um, perspective. It, it's also um, spoken about in that way in the Bhagavatam for certain members of the audience mm-hmm. in, in along the bank of the Ganges who weren't, who didn't have complete adhikar for bhakti. Vishwanachokti Thakur makes this point. It's a way of looking at the world from a mystic yoga perspective rather than from a bhakti perspective even. Um, so what did Bhakti no Thakur say? Well, you know, the hellish planets, uh, you know, they, they, they say things like this to scare people. So those That fear is also sometimes used as a motive to, to implore people to take up a religious life in the Puranic uh, text, Bhagavatam included. Um, I'm not saying there's not a hell, but I'm saying Bhakti Vinotakura said that. So look at our, grand, our grandfather, our great grandfather, that, you know, the, 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 the source, so to speak, of our, our own, our own Paribar, the Seventh Goswami. And how did he look at history? Hmm? Yeah. Even philosophy, for that matter. These are relative things. What can you say philosophically? You cannot, in word or in thought, fully, comprehensively capture the nature of ultimate reality. I mean, you can't do that. That's, it's beyond thought. It's right. beyond word. Right. Now, we can go there to some extent and then try to put it in word, try to put it in thought, and that may be helpful and so forth, but it will be, uh, you know, we'll have it. It's, 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 it's limitations. Um, so, <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, Piggy, yeah. Piggybacking on that same question, the, the next question is, how do you have adapt Godivashna philosophy into your life in the modern day, especially in terms of understanding how to discern the principle and the details? How do you go about discerning the principles over the details? Correct, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, it takes intelligence. It takes spiritual intelligence. Um, and I think that um, one would be ill-equipped to do so to the extent that they're not um, well-studied uh, in, in the literature and well-grounded in very core principles of Gaudiya Vedanta. Mm-hmm. For example, here's a core principle. I'm not the body, right? right. So what does that mean in terms of the mind-body philosophical argument? Hmm? What is consciousness? What is mind? What is what? What is body? Is the mind the brain? Hmm? Um, this is a big philosophical debate. It's hardly a debate anymore. Mm-hmm. It's, it's 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 thought to be already won, although it hasn't by far. Uh, and the winners have proclaimed that the brain is the mind is the brain. So what to speak of there being God, there's no Atma, there's no self, there's, uh, there's no subjective experiences that are fundamentally real, that they're illusion, colors don't really exist, that's just a subjective illusion. It's a physicalism, naturalism, this is the prominent you know, perspective philosophically in the world today. It's the antithesis of, of our idea that you know, there's a difference between the Atma that there's a self, the state of God, and so forth. Mm-hmm. So, um, so I think to be, you know, to take the argument that you're not the body, and to understand it in light of modern philosophy would be very, very grounding hmm, um, for devotees. Um, let's take Leela. So, 
here, here's the thing. Krishna's lifting the Govardhan Hill. He's doing all these miracles, right? Yeah. He's doing all these fantastic things. That, but I never even thought about a question for a, for, for a minute, you know, when we were first learning about it from Prabhupada. But I mean, you know, it's understandable. People go, what? You know? Yeah. Or isn't this just religious, religious baggage? Isn't this just myth and so on and so forth? Well, I think it's, 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 it's fair to say that the Leela narratives are, are, um, are, are not literally true. In other words, what, what I mean by that is that, that they're more than what you can say about them in words. Mm. I don't mean they're not literally true and therefore they're just a metaphor and ultimately there's no Leela. No, if you have the, if you're grounded in the Chinti Beta Beta, you know there has to be Leela. There has to be movement and transcendence. Right. Mm-hmm. That's Beta Beta. Mm-hmm. The absolute is one and in in and with within the absolute there's movement at the same time. The interaction between the Shakti and the Shaktiman. This is Leela. There's play. There's love. I mean it, it, it is 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 it better to, philosophically speaking, in terms of Vedanta, is it better to love to exist? That's Janmark. I love to exist. Hmm? Right. Or is it better to exist to love? That's Bhakti Marg. Hmm? Yeah. You love to exist means Shanti, Shanti, Shanti. I'm living, I'm peaceful. I'm, I, I've transcended the differences, the dualities of material existence, and I'm just resting. But Bhakti activates one in transcendence, right? Mm-hmm. So there's movement in transcendence, beauty, charm, and so on and so forth. And so there must be Leela. Now, the representation of the Leela, we have primarily from our founding Acharyas who've written Leela Grantas, uh, comments on the Bhagavatam Leelas, and so on and so forth. And they're trying to do justice to what the Leela is by way of speaking about Christian Leela from the perspective of Madhurya or, or Sakya. And then we're, impressions are coming on devotees. Sangskars, mm-hmm. Bhakti Sangskars, whether they know it or not, for these, this is what the Bhagavatam is doing, what distinguishes it from all other Puranas. It's, it's speaking about Krishna Leela in such a way as to generate impressions right. for these uh, sentiments, which, giving, which gives us access to eventually through subsequent practice to enter into them. So so the Leelas are not literal in, in that sense. They're they're someone's gone there, you know, experienced that in Samadhi, come back to talk about it, try to put it in words, and they've used poetry as a genre of language to speak about it. Because in poetry the moon can have wings and can fly across the sky. Right. Poetry poetry expands it speaks to what we feel as as, as souls in this world, we feel that there's more to life than what meets the eye and the mind. We don't realize it's us that's the more. Hmm? Right. We, we, we're, we're more than the mind. We're more than the eye or the, or the body. It's us, and we're coming out, so to speak, in human life. Hmm? And, 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 and we all live for those moments in which we exceed the possibility, what was thought to be the, the limits of possibility, whether it be in sports or, you know, like, like if you run one ten thousandth of a second faster than somebody else, you get a gold medal and it's celebrated and so forth. Yeah, we're living for these 
as humans for these moments which we transcend the previously was thought to be impossible. So we're living for a world in which there is nothing is impossible. That's <laughs> the world of consciousness. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and Krishna right. consciousness in particular. And that in that world, what, what possibilities lie? Mm-hmm. Uh, and and, and to try to talk about them, uh, you know, well, our acharyas have, have done so. And those talks are powerful. Those narratives about Krishna Leela, they're very powerful. At the same time, the Leela is more, way more than you could imagine it is simply by reading it and memorizing, you know, Krishna did this here, Krishna did that, which isn't a bad thing, but right. it's more than that. It, 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 so so uh, I think that, you know, that's hard for some devotees, perhaps, um, you know, to, uh, but if, again, if you're grounded, really grounded, in the idea that you're not the body and you've thought it out philosophically as well and interface that idea with modern claims that you're not, modern interpretations of scientific evidence, philosophized about and so forth, which is called materialism as a, as a philosophy or physical. If you've thought that out, you're standing on firm ground and that ground is such that it, that it, 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 it's the ground, if you will, of, of the land where he was probably quoting of Napoleon in that land impossible is not found in the lexicon it's not found in the, diction, in the dictionary right I mean how much the world changes if if you are an Atma actually mm. <laughs> so the, the Leela is, 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 is there's no stretch to, to, to have a, a, a land of such uh, a, a, a dimension of such uh, possibilities of interaction with the with the absolute. So and anyway, yeah, I'm just yeah going off of it here. But but what I'm saying in one sense is the more you go into Krishna consciousness with good association, the more you find there's things in these books you never even realize that right. are so uh, pertinent, applicable, so um, uh, e- e- essential, uh, and and they're exciting to read. I don't know how excited many devotees are to read the book. And, mm. and, and, you know, I read a prophet's book and they refer to another book. I go to that book. I find that book. I find different translations of the book and so forth. Right. I wrote a book. I wrote a number of books. One of the books I wrote was a commentary on Chikshastik. And one of the reasons, because I did some research and found that over the centuries, there's only a couple of commentaries on Chikshastik. And I thought, well, you know, maybe we'll write one here. So I wrote one, you know. Wow. I, I was excited to write it and read it hmm? myself. You know, but how many devotees were interested? Of course, a lot of them think I'm, I'm, you know, the deviant, so they shouldn't read us. But I mean, geez, a commentary on Chikshasakam, or I was one of the first, maybe the first devotee, disciple of Prabhupada, to write a commentary on the Bhagavad Gita. People said, who do you think he is to write a Bhagavad Gita commentary? Right. I am who I am, you know, whatever. I mean, I'm not great or anything like that, but yeah, I did that. And I, you know, when, when Prabhupada was first told, Kiparidas, he's distributed so many books on this day. I think in a letter from Ramaswar, Prabhupada wrote back and said, very nice that he's, this boy is distributing so many books, but you should see that he's always reading them. Mm. He wrote that in his own handwriting. Wow. As a, like, a, like a footnote, you know, to the typed letter. So I've lived in the books. Um, anybody want to compare notes about what, 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 you know, yeah. what Prabhupada's books, I could, you know, would like to do that. And, 
And as I say, I used to read them, read a, read a translation, read the purport. The purport would quote a verse somewhere else from Medita. And I'd go to that, and I'd read that that purport. That would quote a verse in, a, in, in another book. Then I'd go yeah. there until that, was, that thread was exhausted. Then I'd go back to where I started and go forward. That's the way I would read. And so, it, you know, it also includes going to other books, which, you know, mm. um, are more available and so forth. And, the, and, the, and you can, with good association, you can really get really grounded happily in Krishna consciousness and sadhaka and be comfortable living in the modern world and, and be able to, you know, determine what's essential and what's not. And, and, and the, yeah, it, 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 it's what Krishna consciousness is about. It's not, you know, here it is, just turn to page 108, there's your answer. You have to think. There's a lot of gray. Hmm? Right. And love is gray. You know, she loves me. She loves me not. You know, <laughs> she doesn't know if Radha loves him or not. You know, right. sometimes he has to have to ball, you know, say, yes, she loves you. You know, it's okay. Hmm? Right. And chant Radha Nam in his ear. So, uh, yeah, you have to think and you have to, you have to think I need good association and I need to find in the books what I can't find myself through that association. And I can be a very, um, um, uh, and, and I could, and I should then, Bhakti Vinod, to refer back to him, he was a member of the world. He would, would have been a talking head if they had television in those days, right? Yeah. And what does Bhakti Vinod say about that, you know? Yeah. Um, so if you want to be like that, and you should, you do have to be, more ground you have to go within to be able to reach out and understand the world around you and how to how to look at it you know right um maraj uh we've reached our two-hour mark okay and I'm sorry no 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 i i want more parts two three four five we're we're we, i you know and i want to see you as well as as well as all our listeners uh but i i just want to ask you for some parting words some maybe a concluding statement from you? Well, I don't know what to say. Um, <laughs> Sorry to put you on the spot there. I, I, I think that, um, that we should be very generous with one another yes. and everyone else. Yes. That we, we are uh, affected positively by the, um, uh, the dispensation of the Mahavadanaya of the car, as Rupa Goswami uh, characterized him, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Yes. Uh, and he is Krishna himself, who Uddhava, who is Shastraviv, who knows all the Shastra, he's Krishna's advisor in Dwarka, um, that who in their right mind would take shelter of anyone other than Krishna when Uddhava just dressed, or excuse me, when Putana just dressed as a devotee with a, with a, with, a, with an evil intention, and he blessed her with the form of a Tsali Rasa. So who, who, who in their right mind would take shelter of anyone else that Krishna? Krishna is is the most generous, and in his form of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, he's even more generous. So, you know, we're yes. only here because of grace. That's all. Like yes. I said, I had no education. I, it's all grace. And we should be very graceful uh, and generous with, with with one another yeah and there's too much arguing and too much just 
verse quoting, you know, the, 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 without understanding the meaning and so forth. Um, so yes, I hope that resonates with your with your listeners. Definitely, and if they'll be generous with me, please be sure. Uh, yeah, some kind. Yes, yes. I mean, I I can't thank you enough, Maraj, for joining and and kind of putting your, yourself out there to, to, to tell your story and for us to hear it. I think you said it the best. We should all be very generous with each other. We're Vaishnavas and we should all see each other as Vaishnavas beyond, okay, some maybe rubber stamp of ISKCON or not. And I, and I, and I, I, I want to do a second, third part with you because, uh, you know, you have so much to share in regards to, you know, we even didn't even, we just even scratched the surface on the progressive Vaishnava topic that we were talking about, but even, but even beyond that, any other social issues that are, 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 are in our society that we can talk about from a Vaishnava point of view. I think you have a really amazing way of articulating and communicating those things to a, to a devotee audience. So I thank you so much. And I thank all our listeners for listening. Uh, we will have Maraj on again, for sure, uh, in the near future. Uh, we'll get all the internet and all that stuff set beforehand. So um, we'll be able to see Maharaj. Uh, if you want to get in touch with Maharaj, he's on Facebook. He has a website. Um, I'm sure his, some of his disciples will put it up on the um, comment section. Uh, another disclaimer, I I love all Vaishnavas, I love ISKCON, I love everyone, so let's all be kind and generous to each other, as well as, well as on the comment section. Um, next week, we are having Praladananda Swami, the ISKCON health minister, coming on to talk about, uh, as well as with a few other devotees, to talk about the current world situation from his point of view. So that should be interesting. Um, again, thank you, Maharaj, for joining. And thank you, everyone thank else, you. for joining. Uh, we will see you next time. Hare Krishna. Thank you. Thank you.